0: Hello everybody, my name is Freddie Cruz and this is a podcast for Houstonians who want to engage more with their hometown and learn about the people driving its growth. These are the stories of the individuals, businesses, and organizations that make the greater Houston area great. Today, I'm bringing my friend Karen DiAmat onto the show to talk about all things social media. Karen is the founder of Social Behavior and Influence by Social. She and her team have helped brands like Lane's Chicken Fingers, The Halal Guys, and Marble Slab. During this episode, you'll hear why you need social media to help you build your brand, why you shouldn't be in your feelings if your insights are less than stellar, And we get personal when Karen shares the story of how she got here after ditching corporate America. This episode is brought to you by Speak Podcasting. That's my podcast agency helping businesses and nonprofits share their stories with the world through the arts of podcasting. If you've got something to say but need some help getting it out into the world, then let's talk. Go to speakpodcasting.com. That's S-P-E-K-E. Podcasting.com. Hi, right, I'm Ed Sherry. This is Bruno
1: Mars. Hey, it's Katie Perry. This is your man Florida with Freddie Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Let's you go pick Mr. Three Hundred Five, and you already know what it is.
0: My name is Freddie, and it's time to cruise through HTX. Why on earth should anybody be interested in developing a personal brand on social media?
1: Freddie, oh my God, why on earth would somebody be interested? Why? In develop? Why? Why? Um, so, you know, I think it, it all comes down to how you wish to be perceived on social media. That's really the question that we're trying to answer. And so if you have no interest in being perceived as a polished businesswoman, as a Uh, leader in your community, as an activist for a cause that you care about, then we can throw personal branding out the window. But the reason why it matters is because if you do wish to be seen in a certain light or have a certain uh, credibility, then you need to establish that as part of your personal brand, the same way that you would establish yourself as a business, as a business, you know, individual.
0: What do you see as being the biggest problem for people, let's say, who have a small business? And it's you can maybe go to their page and maybe they're kind of all over the place. They're cheering for the Texans one on a Monday and then they're trashing the head coach the next day. But then it's like, hey, I have XYZ business. Come on by for 30% off and use the promo code whatever. And it looks like a, a flyer that they printed on whatever program. And then the next day it's, Hey, right. my, my daughter is out at a t-ball game and check us out. So it's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with those? Yeah, it's hard to follow. yeah
1: It's hard to follow. Right. Um, I, I always talk to small, when I talk to small businesses, you know, I, I kind of come in as a consultant where I really want to define what your offering is, who we're talking to. And then from that, we start to curate How we're gonna go about it. And there's just some hard do's and don'ts. And that, uh, you know, historically it used to be religion politics. Uh, Those are very controversial, taboo topics on social media, but even incorporating your personal life to the degree that you just uh, mentioned can affect the way that your customer views you, right? And so if you are a small business and you can't afford to lose a customer over your expressed opinion, then you should not be posting anything that uh, is borderline uh, personal. So what you do with that information and what you do when you're sharing that type of information is you're alienating uh, the consumer that doesn't agree with you. Now, if you're a big brand and you can afford to piss people off like Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream, who is notorious for doing that, then by all means, you know, go ham and let the world know how you feel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Gary Vee is another great example of that because he can go and post a video. I remember... Uh, seeing on twitter and i wasn't really i mean i haven't really been into football much over the past couple of years uh but i know he's a diehard jets fan and i remember seeing on twitter it was a sunday night and i was like i got effing receipts i got effing receipts receipts and Mm -hmm. like that was Mm -hmm. that was the video and Mm -hmm. i know he got a lot of flack and i know the the, listening to his podcast days after it was like yeah that's the content i'm like yeah "Yeah, but you can get away with that (laughs) That's it. And that's it.
1: And so I think if you are, so let's kind of break this off, yeah, right? We're yeah. talking about personal branding. And so when you are an individual as a brand, again, you work hard, you establish yourself, you kind of follow and theater along how you wish to be seen. And so Gary Vee has really leaned into that, right? And you get to a point where you're so big, you're so grandiose. I'm not worried about pissing a few people off I'm going to post about my receipts. I'm going to post about whatever I want. And I really myself have to lean into that authenticity. Whereas a lot of people uh, often tell me like, you shouldn't post about this and you shouldn't post about that. I'm like, well, I'm really confident in the brand that I've established for myself. And I, and I really believe that people buy into my authenticity and that's what I'm selling. So I'm going to, to push the envelope when it comes to that. On social media, however, uh, you know Gary Vee and um, also myself we didn 't come out of the gate swinging you know uh, bats and knocking people over. We were kind of like coming out to the world, oh, this is social media it 's a great platform. How do I wish to be seen and that 's kind of where the, where we started you know the journey. how do I wish to be seen? What am I selling? What do I want to share with the world? what is the value that I can offer the world? And so same thing with a small business, you kind of just have to define how you wish to be seen, what you're offering, and really just st- streamline that content so that it shares, uh, so that you share that type of content and it adds value to your, to your viewers, to your audience, your consumers. And when you get so big like Wendy's, you can cuss everybody out.
0: I love that. I mean, they really do, out of all the big brands that are fast food restaurants, they've got the most fun Twitter account. I mean, they're just trashing yeah. everybody. The competition. I mean, these are things that kind of fly in the face of tradition. Is go oh, nope. You got to be buttoned up and classy. You don't acknowledge that you have competition. And I remember that from being in terrestrial radio space, where it's like, no, you'd never go on the air and bash. You ca- You never call out the competition by name. Let them do that to you. Right. And you got to take the punches and take the punches and the kicks and, right. the, and the privates. And it's like, no, but th- but th- mom, they're talking about me. I can't talk back. But Wendy's is right. doing all that because they can't yeah
1: and you know and you know what they're generating engagement yes and so you know the output of what i'm putting out on social media as a personal brand Mm -hmm. as a small business as a business as a a a corporation the output is the content Mm -hmm. but the input that's the engagement that's what's coming back our way, and so a lot of times you can have the most amazing, most beautifully designed uh, content, but if you're not leaning into your core offering, who you're talking to, speaking to, speaking to them, and so they're obviously going after Gen Zs, they're going after uh, millennials, and people that really appreciate the laughter that comes from them being a social media bully. So the input for them, the engagement is so great. Mm-hmm. And I really uh, appreciate it. And they were the first, I think when threads came out, they were on threads within the hour. Like they were the first to be on threads and they were already threading about bashing McDonald's, bashing other you know ju- uh, food giants for not being on threads. So yeah. they're, they're just great. It, it's, it's amazing.
0: Okay, so going back to Threads, I don't have an account. Um, seems useless. I don't know. Um, you're, you're the expert at this. Um, but I want, to, I want to ask you in a similar vein, how imperative is it to go all in on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, X, Threads, youtube make sure you're doing the youtube shorts but you're only posting the instagram reels natively and you can use youtube shorts you can use a special ai generated blah 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 so how important is it to be across all the platforms or can someone who's a solopreneur like me just be like yeah you know what i'm going to go with what i know instagram and then stick with it
1: yeah Uh, stick with it uh you know every platform that you get on you're going to have to work in it. Mm-hmm. So right now, Threads just serves as kind of like a dead space where you can just fire off anything into the Threads world. We don't know what the algorithm is doing. There are people growing by hundreds of followers a day just by engaging on the platform. Gary V also said, you know, when something is new, post every single day for a hundred days straight, just to see what type of input you get out of it, what type of engagement you get out of it. So I do see people growing. I I try to come in and sprinkle my two cents in there. I post content that doesn't even have to be curated the same way that I put my, all my energy into Instagram. Uh, I put my energy into curating content for my LinkedIn, uh, just because those are the platforms where I really get the most of my uh, business visibility, my brand visibility, and on threads, I'm just shooting out, you know, I'm just shooting out into into the wild. And uh, I really like the output that I get, the input, the engagement that I get from that platform. But if my, my tried and true statement for this, to answer your question is you can't gauge what you can't measure. Mm-hmm. And right now there's no analytics uh, on Threads, Twitter has great analytics insight. Instagram has great analytics insight for businesses. TikTok has the same. Facebook has the same. So those are the platforms where you can actually see measure your insights, your analytics, your performance. See what your cont See how people are responding to your content, and that's really where you should be investing uh, your time and energy as a small business because. You don't have all day and every day to go Snapchatting and to go, uh, you know, being on Twitter, AKA X, but I still have fun on, even on Twitter, but it's just a random platforms serve different purposes for me.
0: Mm-hmm. How in our feelings should we be when we look at the insights and notice that nobody likes our baby? A.K.A. our Ooh. business and brand. It's like, oh, but I I spent all this time on this on this video. It's like perfectly edited. The light is beautiful, and I got the captions just right. There are no misspellings or typos, and and I thought it was great. But the average view time is two seconds, and it's a fifty second video. Mm hmm. Mm
1: hmm. You gotta be immune to the 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 emotional side of you know of that. You can't be in your feelings about it. Mm -hmm. This is a business. Mm -hmm. So if my video didn't perform as good as I wanted it to, and that happens to me too, what I do is I tweak and I tweak my hashtags. I tweak the creative, I tweak the caption. Maybe people weren't responding well to the visual. Maybe it was low quality. So we have to just use all of your outputs as learning tools to optimize all of those checkpoints. And so when we look at an ad campaign that didn't perform well, we look at the copy, we look at the visual, and we look at who we were trying to engage with, right? And so that's kind of what we measure to see what do we need to do to tweak this to make it effective? Because there are ways to manipulate your content and change the output so that you can get what you want out of it and reach the people that, that you're trying to reach. And so there's a solve for that when you can't get in your feelings about it.
0: Karen, let's shift the conversation because you were not always this social media guru. Uh, you are an ex-corporate type and I've got a special affinity for people who ditched the corporate world and are now doing their own thing and are owning it in their own thing. So can we talk about what led you down this path and why social media?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, to, to start us off, let me just let you know that I started in social media in 2009. 2009. So 14 years ago, I uh, stepped out on faith that uh, I left a corporate job of eight years behind in oil and gas. And I took a total random leap of faith and went into the world of marketing. And I had started to kind of dabble in marketing, working in oil and gas. They had kind of recruited me to volunteer for some marketing efforts. And I always had a noise in the back of my head that said, I'm destined to be great. I feel like I've been called to touch lives. I've been called to do something great. I can feel it in my soul, I can feel it in my spirit. And I knew that from the moment that i was very young but i didn't know how to act on it right you're just moving through life going to school going to college doing the things that you're supposed to be doing i'm figuring life out i'm a you know daughter of an immigrant so i'm the first of my generation to go to college in the united states like just and paying for it out of pocket out of out, out of um paying my own tuition living on my own when i was at eight, you know, at 18 years old. And so it was just a, a big overtaking. I didn't know how to listen to that inner voice that said, there's something great brewing within you. But it wasn't until, you know, people started pointing that out. They said, you have a gift. You're special. You know what? You have a great personality. You're very outgoing. And I didn't think that meant anything, but when I was recruited for my marketing job, it literally came from a similar scenario where someone saw that gift in me and they said, "I think you belong here. And if you want, you can start and and start working in the world of marketing and see where that leads you." So, I took a job as an A membership director and events coordinator at a private social club. And inadvertently, I started selling memberships because Facebook had just come out and LinkedIn had just come out and I started documenting what I was doing day to day. So I started documenting the events I was hosting, the events I was planning. Um, We had access to a collection of exotic cars. So I was posting you know in Ferraris and Bentleys and who's this girl like what is she doing why is she driving that why is she behind the wheel of a Lamborghini she's 25 years old it's crazy but it caught people's attention and they started to message me saying what is this club how do I get to be a part of it can you invite me to your next event and it just ushered people through the door and when i had them in front of me they were like, I'm sold. I want to be in this club. Okay, well, membership's $20,000. And they were writing a check to a 25-year-old. So when I brought that to my boss, he was like, how are you doing this? I mean, he was like upset, but he was also just dumbfounded. And I said, I'm just posting on LinkedIn. I'm posting on Facebook. And, and he was like, Wh- whatever you're doing, it's working. So he offered me a bonus structure to to tie in all the sales that I wasn't even hired to do. And lo and behold, I ended up selling millions of dollars of, of memberships and just kind of tapped into my gift and my gift wasn't even selling because the secret social media is telling, not selling. I was just telling my story and people really bought into that. So, you know, 14 years later, here we are.
0: Ooh. Yeah. And you really, you really hit the nail on the head with telling, not selling. And I know that's something that f- people, and I'm sure I have been guilty of this in the past too. It, it's it's like okay, well, fine, I'm going to get on social media, and then it's mm-hmm. selling, <laughs> yeah, it, or it's selling rather, oh. it's selling, and and. And we yeah. have a in the audio space and podcasting and and even writing um I've written a few fiction novels. it's showing, not telling, showing the world mm-hmm. of story, right so you're that's exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing, selling the experiences uh, or mm-hmm. what's another cliche the sizzle, not the steak.
1: Mm-hmm. the vacation, exactly. not the plane
0: ride because everybody hates plane rides
1: exactly exactly. and I'm very passionate about that. I have some clients that not you know. Come and and say, guys, we got to push this. We got to sell, sell, sell. And I really deter them from that. I'm like, no, if people need to buy your holiday menu catering package, we need to sell them on why they need this at their table, what that's going to do for them. It's going to open up their schedule. It's going to lessen the load of the holiday stress. It's going to have a beautiful feast at the table that's ready made for them. And so, in none of these points that I just made on a whim, did I say, we're going to sell you something. You have to literally create the value proposition for the customer at, for whatever you're selling without saying, buy this.
0: Right. And then the 25% off or 10% off or whatever, that's just the icing on the cake.
1: Right, because a customer's already bought in. Right, once they're already bought into your product, sometimes you do have to lean on those promotional avenues. When a customer says, "I'm really trying to push this," and and I really want the customer to understand that if they use this code, they can get this much off, or if they order, you know, minimum of a hundred dollars, they can get free delivery or free shipping. That's great. Once they're already bought in, but I still have to follow the same sequence. Of storytelling in order to get you engaged, and then that's just a bonus. Like I'm already bought it. And I was already going to buy that candle. You just gave it to me for you know with with a bonus.
0: What is the number one? If somebody takes away anything from this conversation about building brands, whether it's for uh, a personal brand or for an organization company brand, what is the one thing they should take away? What's the one social media platform? Something that they should do like right away, five minutes ago.
1: Mm, Okay. Well, I always tell potential customers, like, let's start here and break it down into the three pillars of social media. So in order for you to have a assessment with us, we kind of look at your content, your engagement and your ads. And so we really look at what you're putting out to the world. What type of input are you trying to get? So you have to make sure that you're hitting those audiences. And then should you do an ad campaign to really expand on that? So if you know that your audience are moms on Facebook, then there is a criteria where you can reach moms, parenting, uh, women of a certain age group on social media, you know, they have all of these benchmark and ad categories that you can select people by. So I really think about I, I compartmentalize social media in these three pillars, which is content, what we're putting out, engagement. That's the input that we're receiving. And are we receiving it from the right people? And that's determined by who we want to go after in, our, in your demographic profile. And then the ads, because if your content and engagement aren't working organically, then let's try an ad strategy and push it out a bit further into the world and get your content seen by the types of, uh, by the demographic that you're trying to reach.
0: Final question. What is your favorite meme of all time?
1: <sighs> oh man. Oh man, my favorite meme. Because I'm a meme queen at work. They call me the meme queen. I mean, we are just on all the memes at all times. Right now, the trending meme is that dog. Have you seen the dog, the brown dog? I'm with sorry. the fuzzy ears. I have not. <laughs> oh, okay. He's all the rage right now. Okay. You're about to see him everywhere. Okay. I'll send you I'll send you the meme once we hop off and you can tell me what you think about it. But my favorite meme, I think it's the guy – well, there's two of them. It, they're, one of them is is a guy with the glasses, and he's doing this, and, and people write text over him all the time. Um, it's hard to explain, but he's wearing, like, a blue shirt, and he's just doing this, and he's kind of got his hand on his chin, and he, his – other hands wrapped around his waist and he's got this like shameful look. And so people just tend to write text over that. Mm -hmm. And that meme actually uh, becomes very popular during this time of year for Thanksgiving, because a lot of people start making the family memes. And it's like (laughs) when your single aunt brought a new date to Thanksgiving and it's that little guy just like looking like, "Mm, no, she didn't. And then there's the other little girl in the car seat. Uh, oh, the the, little blonde girl, right? Little blonde, little blonde girl in the back with her eyes, and she's looking at you crazy. Yeah. And then people post text over that. I love memes, I live for memes. I get joy out of social media when people share memes with me, and I almost see it as a type of bond with a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're kind of cross sharing memes, it's actually how I've broken the ice in a lot of social media relationships because, believe it or not. I've met people on social media and I've connected with people on social media and gave, you know, uh, grown real life friendships out of social media. And a lot of times to break that bond, I've sent memes to people to just kind of, you know, engage with them. And and that
0: works. The website is socialbehavior.com. You can check out Karen Diamat and her team doing all the things right here in the Houston area. You can learn more about what they do on that website. You can follow her on the socials as well. Karen, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, it's me. I'm back with a quick little nudge. If you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did putting it together for you, then please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the newsletter at htx.com and share with your family and friends. Thank you.